Hello, everyone. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life. Because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. That's true. It is. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the Internet, featuring articles on writing and the writing life, as well as video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres. My conversation with the wonderful Bernard McClaverty is up there now. Go check it out. It's worth your time. Yes, it is. And we are funded by the great people at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association, supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. You can learn more about the PNWA and their yearly writers' conference and their classes and their contests, all of that over at pnwa.org. Well, as you can hear, oh, technical problems. So I'm on the phone. I'm sorry. But that's all right. You know, sometimes it's just what you got to do. So it'll be just that friendly, but not to worry. Our guest is here. I'm here, and we're ready for a fabulous conversation with Lynn Hightower. Lynn is the author of numerous thrillers, including the Sonora Blair and Lena Paget detective series. Her internationally best-selling novels have been included in the New York Times list of notable books, London Times bestseller list, the W.H. Smith Fresh Talent Awards, and the Seamus Awards. She teaches master novel classes in the UCLA Extension Writing Program and works as a manuscript consultant writing coach for novelists. And she's got a new book out called The Enlightenment Project, and it's fascinating, and she's here with us now. Lynn, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so happy to be here talking to you today. Yeah. So, Lynn, congratulations on, uh, well, I don't know what book number. What book number are we on, Lynn? Fifteen. Wow. Can you believe it? it? Yeah. So now I know you, you, you did the MFA thing. Uh, Was writing like always the plan for you? Yeah. I started my first novel in the fifth grade um, because I didn't (laughs) want to pay attention to geography. And um, I just always figured that it was something I'd do no matter what. And you know, yeah. as a career, telling lies for a living and wearing jeans to work, you just can't beat it. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right, so you said, that's it. I'm going to tell lies, and I'm going to wear jeans, and my commute is going to be short. And exactly. But was it, what, did you, did you know the genre you were going to be interested in right away, or did you have to find your way to that? Oh, you know, I wander around genres a little bit, probably more than I should, um, but uh, I've always uh-huh. been interested in uh, criminals, crimes, police work, and paranormal things. Yeah. Why? Why? Why do you think? I'm going to put you on the couch a little, Lynn. Why right. um, crime and detectives? Well, think? crime and detectives are, um, you know, if I, I, I would read about a crime and it would just infuriate me, you know, and I wanted to it, uh, go solve done. it, and I wanted to right. bring that criminal to justice, and I wanted to be in charge. So, um, right. and I also wondered, you know, what makes that criminal tick? Why do some people kill and some people don't? And um, and I had a really good time with a novel I wrote called Flashpoint, which is about a female serial killer, and she's just utterly brutal. And um, uh-huh. You know, all of her victims are wonderful, fabulous men who do not deserve to die. And, um, you know, I had a really good time writing that because I I do think there are plenty of female serial killers. They just don't tend to get caught. Interesting. I thought 
that, that women were not as prone to serial killing by a long shot. I thought it was, it was really a male profession, but you're saying no, no. The ladies, oh, no. it's an equal opportunity crime. I think women are just as bad as men are. And I think if you've got a true psychopath, not sociopath, a true psychopath, um, yeah. who is so angry at the world, you know, and, and a, and a, and a yeah. psychopath, you know, everything that happens feels personal to them. People are right. out to get them. And they want yeah. to get them back and to get them first, and they take a lot of pleasure in inflicting pain. It, it, it you know, if you study their MRIs, their uh, pleasure centers light up. Um, it's pretty creepy. And yeah, I just think wow. um, women are not as likely to be suspected, and maybe they're better at it. I don't know. I don't mean to be. Oh, sexist. interesting. Yeah. Well, no, that's um, it's just interesting. I, well, it's, you know, it sounds you've done a lot of research into this. Actually, your new book. This yeah. guy is a very interesting blend of uh, the paranormal, spiritual, crime, science. You got a lot blended in there, don't you? I tend to take a kitchen sink approach. I admit that. <laughs> Anything that interests <laughs> well, me goes right in the book. Yeah. I well, I think that's just fine. I think it's just fine. Good. I was just talking to. Oh, it'll be next week's guest. I interviewed her yesterday, and she was talking. She says she pursues her fascination. That's yeah. Her, that's a brilliant way to say it ah yeah a very nice way to put that i love it isn't it i like that yeah the first time I, heard that term, I thought yeah that's just it you get your fascination all right so you wrote this really nice piece for publishers weekly about mm-hmm. the what i i have to say i'm getting tired of asking for blurbs i have to admit i'm a little i know it's although it's, you got a good one for this good lord I know, from Lee Child, he's such a sweetheart, you know. I have to just really just, you know, my tendency is to put a blanket over my head and not bother anybody, but he was so nice to me, you know, he really was. And did you know I gave him a blurb for his first book? No, seriously? Yeah, The Killing Floor, I sure did, I sure did. It was so awesome. Let's back up, let's back up. All right, because this piece that you wrote for the – for the for Publishers Weekly was about um, trying to asking an old writing professor who's really kind of your would you call him your mentor your sort of I absolutely would call him my mentor absolutely he yeah. was so good to me when I was in yeah. um, college and then later on when I got published you know we both live in Kentucky and we would be at the same writers events Kentucky Book Fair or readings and um, you know he always made me feel welcome he was always very kind to me. Yeah, he didn't have any problems that I was writing books like Satan's Lambs or things like that. Right, <laughs> right, because he was more like a poet, essayist sort of, if I understand correctly. Poet, essayist, and brilliant literary novels. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, right. So the memory of old kind of Jack, stuff. Nathan Coulter. These are books I love. Yeah, and sometimes I I have heard plenty of horror stories of um, novelists uh, who write who are pointed right towards the genres who go into mm-hmm. MFA programs or just write, and they get sort of, you know, a little bit squished down because usually the people teaching, usually, not always, but usually the people teaching tend to lean towards the literary for whatever reason. And so it's so nice that you didn't get that, that you actually got a No, supporter. because to me, literary is fabulous, but it's just another genre, okay? Yeah. There's literary, yeah. there's horror, there's, you know, right. spy novels, whatever you like to read. And I like to read everything. If you'll tell me a good right. story, I will read your book. But Wendell was always right. this way. Write it whatever you want, but you better write it well. Right, right. Yeah. And so you did feel like you, you were like young, young. You were like 16 when you started. I was a baby. If I read- <laughs> 
What the hell? Yes, what? So you're 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 already uh, precociously in college at a young age, and mm-hmm. uh, you know you, you know you want to write, and so when, so you you study with him. Do mm-hmm. you immediately do you get a contract reasonably early, or do you have to no, do no, no, a no. lot of? No, it took things. me oh, eight years of working daily um, to get published. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's not and, bad. Uh, it's not too. I, I'm gonna tell you it's. It, I, I well, I lived worse. I will tell you that. But I'm not here to brag about my failure. Uh, I uh, you can go a long <laughs> oh, way. I mean, I've heard a lot. Of, yeah. But you got this. So eight years, you're writing along, and was it a tough eight years, or did you think, well, I'm young, it's just how it goes? How was that time? Well, you know, it was um, up and down. I loved the work. Um, uh-huh. I uh, I got I had my. My children used to have a game they called Authors and Editors, and the uh, authors worked down in the basement, and the editors worked upstairs, and the authors would put um, their work in a baseball mitt, and the editors would write no and send it back. Because they thought that was the only way the game was played. They had no idea that there could be a Oh, yet. my God. I know. Oh they, God, you know, they, were, they just they get were destroyed. Yeah, that's what mom already. does. You know, she cries when she gets rejected, and then we go on with our uh, lives. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you were – so you were doing the thing. Yeah. When what was your first book that you sold? Oh my God, the first book I sold. Um, you know, it was a science fiction thriller. It was like a, a a locked room mystery where they went to the planet and they found everyone there dead, and they'd been right. murdered. But since everyone was dead, who could have done it? Um, right. And that novel. It just had a trail of bad luck. It would keep getting accepted, and then the editors, like, one had a stroke, one had a heart attack, one publishing house went under. And so um, I wrote another novel, and I got my agent, Matthew Holler, with William Morris, and I told him about the novel, and he said, you know, I like the one you just sent me, and I really don't want this other one in my office. Can we just let that one go? (laughs) Wait a minute, so and I can't say I blamed it. It took down everybody. You know, it just kept getting accepted, and then everybody would manuscript. die. I know. Cur- hey, now that would be – wouldn't that – you know, I don't propose these things, but just listening to you, I thought that would be kind of an interesting plot premise. That, you know, it would, but I'm a little afraid just, of it because I don't want to take anybody else out. I'm starting – you know, I started to no, get no, feeling no, no. guilty. Should I send this to the editor or, uh, you know, maybe <laughs> <not>. <laughs> All right, so you're – so, so that one, the curse one, actually never did get published. No, it never did get published. It did get All sold right. several times, but something terrible would just, always I happen. Oh, and, you know, my agent said, "Sorry, no, I'm not going to represent that one." All right, but so he sell he sold the next one, and and did you how how, how did you feel about that? You, I was were you, thrilled. you like I was happy, relieved, I mean, or did you, you know, see it coming? Of my life, yeah. Yeah, and and so. Uh, all right, so you start your journey, you start mm-hmm. selling books. Were you like a one-a-year kind of person for a while? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was, absolutely. Yeah. All right, and so you're I just cranking to, you know, along. I used to have three little children when I was writing, and um, I would write while they took naps. And whenever they woke right. up, that was the end of a chapter, and that was kind of like always at a cliffhanger place. And then you right. know, when I got published, people would interview me and say, oh, we love your short, choppy cliffhanger style. Ah. How did you come up with that? And I was like, gosh, do I tell the truth and say it's when my kids wake up, or do I just say, no, this is just like a, a literary decision. But usually I just told the truth because it's easier to remember. <laughs> That's so interesting. 
So, yeah. but you accidentally came up with James Patterson's uh, <laughs> approach. I to know. I accidentally did come up with that, but you know, there's something nice for beat, 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 and keeping the pace moving yeah. along. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So you're cranking along. Yep. You, you know, I will tell you, I, I coach a lot of writers, or I teach, I'll teach workshops too. You know, and I know you do mm-hmm. as well. And I, I, I kind of tend to, I do some craft stuff, but I do a lot of the sort of emotional challenges that writers go through. And um, yeah. a lot of the, a lot of the thing I run into with with women who are that they feel they can't divide their time. It's hard for them emotionally. Some feel they literally can't, and it's easier for men and so on. And I try to help them with that. What would you say to someone like that? It's like, look, I got kids. I can't write. I can't do it. It's impossible. Oh, no, no, no. I love that you brought that up because I think it's so crucial to know that writing is the work of your heart, okay? Yeah. And if you – if someone you loved wanted to write and you loved them, you would encourage them and you would say, you don't need permission. You don't need right. a publication contract. You don't need an agent. You need to right. know that this is what you do, so just do it. Now, logistically, the smart thing to do, in my opinion, is never to wait for huge, long chunks of time because, one, they never right. come, and two, when they do, you are so, you've lost your momentum, and you sit there going, well, now right. what do I do? Right. Right. When I was writing, when I wrote my first novel, I would have an hour and a half while my children were sleeping. And I would be so tired that I would be holding a cup of coffee, you know, while I wrote. And so you can do two or three pages, two or three times a week. You're golden. Just we're all writing in real life. Fold it in. Lose the guilt. Lose the guilt from when you haven't done your writing and lose the guilt from taking this time for yourself because you can think of yourself as an example to your children or your family, which is when they grow up, if they wanted to write, wouldn't you want them to take the time to do it? So you model that for them and you say, this is my art and this is important to me and I'm going to make time for this. And it teaches them to make time for it. That. All of my children went after what they really wanted to do, and they told me, "Well, we watched you do it while we were growing up, so that's yeah. what we did too." Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna. You know, it's good. I, I mean, I, I amen to everything you said. I totally agree with it. I I say a lot of the same sort of stuff, but it's nice. I'm gonna use you if it's okay, sure. Lynn. I'm gonna use you as an example in some of my classes. Absolutely, use as, me as an example. You know, because I I agree 100 percent that. Yeah. You can't set a better example than saying, do what you love and look at I'm doing it, you know. Right. I, I mean, don't you, think... still, you still make a living. And if you do it in small segments, then you don't lose your momentum, right? Right. You, right. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. critical, especially book-length projects, man. Exactly. You know, you, I always say to my students, it's like, look, you're gonna, every time you sit down, you kind of have to remember what you're actually writing. Like it always yes, takes a exactly. little bit to get back in that flow, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you're there mm-hmm. – Every week, if you're there regularly, then you it kind of cooks in your subconscious a little bit, yeah? It does. So when you're not writing, your brain is writing, and it's working on the next right. chapter, and it's making decisions. Right. You yeah. know, I tend to work right now at the same time every day, and I found that's really powerful yep. because by the time I sit yeah. down to do it, I have words in my head, and that is such a gift. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. See, now, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. I, I always say to myself that when I, I, say, I write the same time every day, too. But I mm-hmm. often am pretty cold, but it doesn't take me long to warm up. But it's like mm-hmm. I, I usually start with nothing, <laughs> like nothing, mm-hmm. but I'm, like, used to that. But you actually have enough going. You're actually ready to, like, 
scratch out a couple sentences even before you have to think. Well, you know, it hasn't always been this way, but it has been for the no. last two years. And I think okay. the oh, difference it's COVID. is... It's COVID. Yeah, because um, I think the voice of my characters is stronger. And I'm also often ah. starting with an emotion. And the okay. character is feeling something and they're telling me something. And I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. listening. I'm going to write it down because my character is very opinionated. And um, yeah. I also think that I don't box myself into where I am in chronological order. If there's a storytelling um, moment, I'm going to write all over the place, and I'm not going to, you know, you're always um, afraid, oh, my gosh, I'll lose a thread. It won't all hang together, but it will. Trust yourself, jump yeah. off that cliff, and write where you have words and where you want to write that day, what excites you that day. No, no, I really want to tell them about this. Well, don't wait. Go on and do it now. See, I always say that the big difference, one of the big difference between the professional writer and the beginning writer is the professional writer knows how little they have to know in order to write, yeah. how little they yeah. really know about the story. It's just really that you're interested <laughs> and that you've got some character, in your case, characters or maybe a premise, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but no, I, usually, I usually have a plot, you know. I usually think I sort of know where it's going. But I always feel these days that a story is a real entity, and it's all yeah. around me in a fog, and I just have to pull out the threads, okay? Now, that right. doesn't mean that it's already the story's there. in charge. I'm pragmatic. I'm going to call in the writing police, right. and I'm going to make that structure work. But I do right. feel like it's there if you just trust it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. You, you, you really, it's, it's such an act of trust that in a way, because you know, you know how it is when you've got a story going and you can't, you know, you're not sure what, how, what do we do here with this middle part, mm-hmm. the middle, but wherever, right? Mm-hmm. And then you go, oh, right, of course. And always right. when you have the of course, it's like the answer already existed. Why couldn't you see it? It's so obvious. And it it's feels so like magical, it was already isn't it, there. When that happens, it's like, oh, oh, oh. and yeah. then you're saying, wait a minute. I, it looks like I've been setting that up all along. Everything is foreshadowed. Yeah. How did that even happen? Yes. And that, yes. It's, well, it's just That's a mysterious, some... magical moment of writing novels. Yeah, but you how know what? How could you not do that? Then how could you not have that you in You learn mind? to trust it, don't you? Don't you learn to trust that it's there? You have to, in a way, almost depend on it. Yes, I think that's. I think the more you do it, the more you trust it, so that you just don't aren't dealing with all the anxiety of oh, what if I don't find my story? Oh, what if this? What if that? So when you go, oh, I've done it before. I can do it again. We'll just give it a shot. Who cares? You know. Right. And um, and then like fifty percent of your anxiety is gone, and that's a big chunk. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> all right. So the uh, part of the you wrote that piece for Publishers Weekly about. Mm-hmm trying to get a blurb from you. And I recommend people check it out if you haven't. Uh, it's about trying to get blurbs and going to and the, the nice exchange you had with your old mentor. But yeah. part of the reason you needed blurbs is that you had been out of the game for a little bit. So walk me through that. Uh, where, what's been going on lately? Wait a minute. Now walk me through what? What's been going on with what? Uh, well, the, the, and the story in the, uh, in the essay, you uh, expressed that it had been a little bit, you'd been a little, you've been out of the, Oh, yeah. Well, um, I've been writing this book, uh, The Enlightenment Project. I was about halfway through when my husband became very ill. Um, So I was uh, uh, 
we were just spending every minute together that we could. I was looking after him. Right. I was running my consulting business. I was teaching at right. UCLA. I was training our new German Shepherd. And um, right. you know, it was it was intense, and I had to bring my A game to the table every day. But it was also yeah. pretty glorious, you know, because when you really really yeah, because you know it was just he and I back to back with you know running from an avalanche. And that, uh, yeah. and you really stick together, and um, you know we always loved each other. But that last year together was one of the most romantic years of our marriage because we were just wow. in love, and we didn't care what the rest of the world was doing, and we just curled up at home. Right. And uh, you know, I would tuck him onto the couch with the puppy, and then I would sit across from them, and I'd have the TV on for him, and I'd be writing, and I'd look up, and he was just watching me. You know, and I would right. him and say, are you right. watching Lynn TV? And he would just smile at me, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, and I think all of that went into the book, you know, and yep. gave it yep. more depth and texture than it would have because life experience it always makes you a better writer. Yeah. And I just think it can't, I, I just think that the deeply felt parts of life just have to, if you're, if you're being, if you're off, if you're if you're really loose and letting what wants to come through come through, yes. The most deeply felt experience of your life have to form find expression within your they work, regardless do. of what they absolutely you know. do. Yeah, yeah. Lynn, I'm so glad you were able to use that time together at the end in a way that and frame it in a way that's not tragic. You know, no, we because were. Um... We were glorious together. We had a great time. <laughs> you know, it might well, have been little. You know, our big adventures were maybe just taking the dog for a drive. But, um, right. gosh, you know what? The everyday mundane things really became the most yeah. precious. Yeah. Yeah, but that's great. But, again, it's just, I think it's so important how we frame experiences for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I just think with death, if you start turning all of it into a tragedy, everyone's going to die, and it just makes life itself ultimately tragic, I think, which I don't, well, I don't yeah. view life that way. I can't live that way myself. No, no. Well, that so much sense. of grief is love, isn't it? Yeah, of course, of course. Well, so, all right, so there you are, you're writing, and mm-hmm. you finished it where you, and, and when, when it, so I'm sorry, the Lightning Project, is its pub date is or was? Today, uh, March the 1st. Oh, this is it? Oh, this, this is, is it, it, baby. Oh, oh, yeah. hey, well, I, I didn't even realize that. Oh, such a sloppy well, see, you're Congrats. Kind of extraordinary timing, you know, even unconsciously, you're fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so so how how you doing? How you feeling? You know, I'm very happy. Um, it's a good feeling. I'm doing a lot of publicity things, which I'm I love because I don't get out much. So to me, it's just fun to right. talk to people. And yeah. <laughs> um, and I had some words in my head, so I was working on my novel a little bit. Uh, and that was kind yeah. of thrilling, because I thought I'd be too distracted, but I had a character with some opinions that I needed to get down on the page. Oh, good, so, good. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, here's the thing. Um, you can drive yourself crazy with book sales and everything, and of course it's important to me like it is to every writer. Um, but in order to survive this rather brutal business, the way I look at it is this. Um, I want my story to find its place in the universe and to get into the hands of anybody that would like to read it. And I just I just put that out there and, and I'm content with that. Yeah. 
That's good. That's the right attitude. You know, you got to just trust. You know, you, it takes trust to write a book, and it takes trust to publish it and to let it do its own. Because really, it, then it sort of becomes its own entity out there in the it world, does. doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah. And you just never know. You do everything you can, and then you be still. And you sit back and yeah. take the time to enjoy it. If you, you don't get yourself so worked up and so upset that you're a nervous wreck, which, you know, I can certainly do. But right. today I'm just kind of coasting and enjoying it, and um, I, I love writing it. It, it was uh, a story that, you know, is near and dear to my heart. Uh, and I have yep. a lot of fun with it because I'm always going to tell you a thumping good read and try and scare you. Um, and I certainly good. scared myself when I was writing it. So today I'm just kind of sitting back and enjoying it. That's uh, you have such a good attitude, Lynn. I have oh, great well, admiration you. for your general life attitude that you're bringing to things. It's the only. It's the way to serve. It's the way to be a novelist and embrace it and love it and detach from the rest of the world because they don't, the world does not get to decide how much I enjoy my work. The world does not get to decide whether I write novels. I'm an opinionated woman. I'm very strong-willed, and I'll decide. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's right. I always think yeah. that writing is a very generous act in one way because you're, uh, mm-hmm. you're, you're giving it away. Ultimately, you're giving your story away to, to, the, yeah. to the world. But yeah. it's also, it means you also have to be a little impolite by which I mean, like, this is what I'm interested in, and I really don't care what you think of that. I'm going to focus on what I'm interested in to the, exclu- yeah. what we, to the exclusion of what other people might think about it. Well, yeah, I'm not gonna, but I also, I also want to entertain you, and I do feel like that's my of job. Course. Yeah, and, yes. I, and I know you know that, because my feeling is, you know, people have really bad days, and... Like oh, me, they don't want to live in the real world 24 hours a day, so I want to sweep them up in right. another world, terrify them, and right. then they can be like, yeah, but this is not happening and I'm okay. But but, but here's the thing. Even that, and I agree with it. I, you know, I write personal essays, and I, I also want to entertain my readers for sure, even though it's a different form. But, but mm-hmm. um, still, you are the one deciding what is entertaining. Well, you, that's absolutely I mean, true. Right? Yeah. 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 Do you know what my best advice is on that? What? I think, and new writers should listen to this, if you tell the story that you wish someone would tell you, you're golden. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. It took me a long time to do that, Lynn. I just, I was right for a long time. I wrote books that I hope would get published and that, and I was mm-hmm. skilled, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I had a lot of, but that wasn't enough. No, it was not. And that, well, you know, and when you I know finally, how I learned to do that was when that novel kept ow. killing people and kept getting axed, <laughs> and I, you know, and I had sold it, and then it still didn't get published, and I was in a bad mood for a year, and I just thought, uh-huh. well, fine, I'm going to write this next one for me, and I'm going to put everything oh. in that I love, and I'm going to have aliens and ghosts and homicide <laughs> cops and secret <laughs> tunnels, and I'm going to have a good time with it, and sent it to my agent, and... <laughs> He sold it on the first six chapters, which never happens for a new novelist. Wow. But it happened for me. Wow. Yeah. I got lucky. I know that. See? Yeah. That's good. And so did you, and did, you, did you say to the universe, lesson learned. I get it. Yes, I did. I sure did. That was a really good lesson. It was like, if I love it and I'm excited about it, then um, that's going to come through. And there will be readers who like that kind of thing. And I want them to read my book and have a good time. 
It's so obvious, isn't it, Lynn? And yet, it's, it's something so I'm always trying to teach people. It takes so people. long to figure it out, doesn't it? It does. It's like, well, of course. But you think, you know, I also do think that what happens is because you're interested, it feels too ordinary, almost like because you, it, it feels like a part of you, and it feels so known. It can't mm-hmm. be special, but mm-hmm. often the thing that that excites you the most is the most special thing, and it just yeah, I agree. It's, it, I it's agree. a hard lesson to learn. Yeah. Oh, Lynn. Okay, so the, it's out today. The Enlightenment mm-hmm. Project, and where all fine books are sold. Uh, if people are interested in you and they want to talk to you, they want they want you to coach them. We didn't even talk about that. I'm sorry, but if you're also a, a consultant and coach, uh, yeah. where can they find you, Lynn? Well, they can find me on lynnhightower.com, and there's a contact yeah. form. And I work with people, novelist to novelist, okay? We're both novelists together, yeah. published or not, and some are and some aren't. And on right. my contact list, I want to know, you know, do you have a vision? What are your worries? I mean, we all have writing worries, right? Uh, yep. What's your goal? And dream big. Don't be pussyfooting around. Tell us what you really want to do. Right. And um, and then we'll talk. Yeah. I like it. Boy, I wish I... Wish I had known you when I needed a writing coach. All right, Lynn. All right, so lynnhightower.com. But I'm not quite through with you. So what I'd like you to do is finish this sentence. Finish this sentence. Well, we've been sort of talking about it, but now I want you to really answer it. If writing, all the writing you've done, all the way back to when you were five years in fifth grade, has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Oh, uh, work hard and hope and never hope harder than you work. Work hard and hope, but never hope harder than you work. That is tight. <laughs> that is I read tidy. That I like it. I <laughs> and like I've always it. remembered it. So it isn't exactly a, me, but I think it applies to writers. I mean, I think it applies for all of us. You work hard and you hope. You just don't hope harder than you work. I think that's good advice to I live by. I think it is. I think it is. Lynn, you are a delight to talk to. Thank Congratulations you. on book number 15. And uh, I'm sure there's many more where this came from because those characters are still talking to you. Still oh, yeah, I'm still deep in a new one. I'm loving it. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Lynn, thanks again. And thank you. Oh, is that good? Don't, don't hope harder than you work, but work harder than you It's good. It's good. Listen, people, thank you for stopping by. Next week, well, I've already recorded next week's interview, and it was a good one. Uh, Erica Forensic, so I'll look forward to that. But to all of you out there, all of you out there, I want you to go find something you love to do and do it.